And then I said something that implied there was a whole story building up to it, and this was some kind of punchline. <laughs> oh, James, you always uh, have the best stories. Oh, well, I just hang around with the fun people, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, that story reminded me, we're, we're hanging out with Phil and Claire tonight, right? Who are they? I introduced you to them at um, Greg's thing. Greg? Yeah, Greg. You remember we went to his and Tom's engagement party? And after that whole fiasco with Fiona's birthday party with Stephen and then Greg threw that get-together at his place and we met Phil and Claire. Yeah, still no clue who Greg is, let alone Phil and Claire. And who the hell's Fiona? And Tom? How is there so many people I don't know? It's the friendship group that's connected to Stephanie and Susie. You know, didn't you go to uni with Rajesh? Who the heck are these people? Look, I'm, I'm not coming tonight, man. I don't know anyone. Nat and Abe will be there, though. Wait, Abe's the one who brings the really nice red wine, yeah? Yeah. All right, grab your keys, you're driving. <laughs> How to get me in a car is pretty simple. It's just make sure that there's one person I know and there is a drop of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> changes the whole game. <laughs> Welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. Now, as I usually do, we've got some announcements before we get to the transmission. Of course, what we're talking about. of course. I just wanted to say thanks for everyone for tuning in to the stream on oh, when, yeah. last Wednesday. It was really good fun. Really enjoyed it. We will be getting back on the streaming train. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the new year, we'll probably announce kind of like maybe... I don't know, like a monthly schedule of yeah. some description just to let you know when we're planning to go live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you enjoyed it and enjoy all the content we make, of course, the best way to support it is on Patreon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash getcommanderpodcast. There's tons of benefits, but you're supporting what Walt and I do. And we're gearing up for a huge 2024. So if you want to be a part of that, getting in on the ground level, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Jump at Patreon and help us out. For sure. And we also wouldn't be where we are now if it wasn't for the people over at Patreon. So, yeah. For sure. they're, they're the reason 2024 is going to be so big. And you could be part of that journey as well. Yeah. Um, we do have an incoming transmission, though, from the deep depths of the galaxy, from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. Commander games contain opponents, but your familiarity with these opponents will vary considerably. You should alter your engagement with these players accordingly. Is this like, I'm assuming they're talking about like, you know, the people we play with, because you said familiarity. That was what the Space Commander said, yeah. it was familiarity. So like the difference between like our regular play group and 
strangers. Yeah, I, I think guess. it's talking about like basically how much this varies, right? Because there's people who you play with who you know really, really well, and we've talked about this before in yeah. like playgroup episodes. And yeah, stuff like that, that was episode twenty. So this is a bit of a revisit to yeah. these subjects. But I think it's kind of maybe even also a revisit of because that that's the players that we're familiar with like very much. Mm-hmm. But we also had a, a an episode that was very much geared towards the the. Um, LGS experience. Oh, that was like, a very long time ago now. Even longer. That was episode 12, which was Commander Etiquette. Wow. But that, I think this is kind of what they're, they're talking about, right? Is they're comparing these two things because there's mm. familiarity that you have with people you play with all the time, which is very high. You're very familiar with those people. I know what decks sit in what deck boxes of yours. Yeah. Like you could pull out a colored deck <laughs> yeah. box and I'm like, I know what that is. That's, that's, that's the Arami deck. Yeah. yeah. You know, the green um, and black one. That's yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, but there are other people that we play with, and I'm sure many of us play with, who we don't know at all at conventions and game stores and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess the key thing here is the space commanders are saying you have to vary how you play or vary the way you engage with the game depending on who you're playing so with. the episode is how to play with who you play with. Yeah. Like yeah. whoever you're sitting down at the table, this is like a guide to navigate because this is the thing about commander is that it is a social format. Yeah. And this is how to navigate those kind of murky waters of it being a social game and there is, is we are just playing for fun mm. i think that's actually probably a good place to start this whole like social format because something we spoke about ages ago was the social contract yeah and this is i think so important to commander but it's actually a philosophical thing i, mm. I know how everyone loves when i talk about philosophy <laughs> so the social contract and social contract theory dates as far back in history to Socrates. Mm. There's actually a bunch of writings from Plato. You've heard of Plato's dialogues before, like of the course. between Socrates and any other Joe Blow on the street. <laughs> um, it, there's basically a huge section in there, and he does it quite repeatedly where he talks about this kind of moral obligation that is implicit in society mm. and, and that's that's basically what the social contract is it's this implicit agreement between individuals that share a society so mm-hmm. you know as we share our game stores you know it's tying in yeah, here yeah very um, good very good to behave in particular ways mm. and usually it's for the common good of all yeah 99 of the time it's for the common good of all and it's usually a little bit of a sacrifice of some kind of personal freedom mm. to you know make sure that we're all behaving nicely towards each other and keeping the peace that kind of thing it's pretty straightforward like you know it's kind of just addressing any situation in which everyone has skin in the game right everyone has a mutual stake in whatever is going on because you live in the country because you live on the streets even a friendship group is like this right like we we collectively meet up fairly regularly because we're friends um, we all mutually have an interest in this thing going well yeah. because we all would like to continue to do this and socialize with other human beings. That's a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, so, though, there will be things that we mutually have to agree to abide by. And I guess the way that social contract shakes out in Commander is a lot of these things are unsaid, right? Yes. There's, there's, a, there's an understanding that we kind of pretty much all have implicitly, like not in in the forefront of our mind but implicitly that when we're engaging in these social places there's a mutual understanding of like okay this is the way we're going to conduct ourselves for the benefit of all of us enjoying this. I mean, you say it at the start of every single one of our episodes that we're here to have better games of commander. Yeah. I think the Get Commanded podcast really started because we wanted to help people navigate 
the social aspects of this game. Definitely. I, th- I think I genuinely think our podcast in terms of deck building and that kind of stuff was a bit secondary. Something that's really yeah. important to us is this stuff, which is, you know, making sure that we're all in agreement that we're all trying to have a good time mm. and all making effort to make sure everyone has a good time. Yeah, I mean, better games of Commander can come about because your deck works better and because you win more often if that's something that's important to you. But yeah, also you can have better games of Commander if you have the tools to navigate the very murky social waters of Commander as well. And so. have fun. I mean, like yeah. the, the, the rules committee, even on their website, make the the social contract a really important thing. I've actually got an extract from their website Ooh. here says each game is a journey the players share relying on a social contract it's even explicitly bolded on their website wow um in which each player is considerate of the experiences of everyone involved mm. so it's like it is such a part of our game not even just magic the gathering but specifically our format of yeah. commander that it's like in our rules bible document yeah. thing like it says it's bolded yeah. too yeah. i didn't know that was in there that's so interesting yeah It's important. It is really important. But like the thing that they go on to say on that rules committee website is Mm -hmm. the fact that they kind of differentiate between these trusted and untrusted games. We've talked about this a few times before, right? Yeah. So So just to like bring you all up to speed, like the trusted versus untrusted is what we were just talking about. There's like the trusted games are the people you play with most frequently, Mm -hmm. the people you know really well. And then untrusted strangers these people in the game store Mm. that you may have met once twice maybe you've played with them a few times but this is a game where you're not entirely sure what could happen Mm. and this is where the social contract's really important because in a world where you're not entirely sure what will happen that's pretty terrifying Mm. but knowing that there's some kind of implicit agreement amongst all players at the table that everyone's kind of like silently agreeing to Mm -hmm. that makes it feel a lot better that makes you feel a lot more safe in my opinion yeah i mean it's the it's the really tricky aspect of what the rules committee do is that they have to balance the way that they ban and unban cards and the way that Mm. they um provide announcements and stuff for a very large contingent of people who play with people they know really well who don't require very robust rule zero conversations i'm sure we'll go into that a bit later but also yeah this large contingent of people who will sit down uh, at a table and say hey i'm gonna play commander and three other people go okay we'll play commander too yep and there has to be some amount of commonality there you're never gonna get a game where everyone has exactly the same expectations of exactly what commander is and no, what this game should look like i mean that's like what would you call like there's things like recency bias that go into that like yeah. you think that this is socially acceptable because you experienced a game just recently where it was okay oh, or there's so much there's it, so much that goes in and, and you don't there's so much that's unsaid right yeah. you don't know what that is because you don't know that player yet well when we say murky waters we're talking like solid mud yeah like, <laughs> there it's, is such a kind of a vague line to draw in the sand with this stuff but we're yeah. gonna try and give you guys some advice of how to navigate this i guess and mm-hmm. i think the the three, I, th- I feel like there's three main pillars with the social contracts in Commander specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're all kind of going towards that goal of making sure everyone's having fun. Because sure. at the end of the day, that's the point of the social contract, right? Sure. I think that being engaged and focused, mm-hmm. being helpful and being considerate are the three like yeah. pillars to stand on. I do, like that. Do you want to talk about like being focused and engaged and what that means? Because I feel like that's... In a ga- especially in the settings that we're talking about here. like Yeah, well, we're talking about untrusted games here first, yes. right? So, yeah, being engaged and focused, this is like 
like paramount in an LGS setting, right? Especially like nowadays how Commander has gotten so popular. If you have a Commander yeah. Knight at your LGS, I mean, our LGS gets like anywhere between 40 to 70 to 80 people yeah. in a night and it's hectically busy yeah. and it's very distracting. Mm. So I think being focused and engaged is, yeah, one of the key pillars in these untrusted game environments. Yeah, I think like, well, there's so much, <laughs> there's so many things going on, right? Yeah. Like ju- there's the game itself, but even within the game, you've got all the socializing that's going to happen within the people in your game, which is normal and good. That's what we mm-hmm. like about Commander. But then like, if you're playing at a store you go to regularly, there'll be regulars who are like saying hello to you. Trades often start happening when you're in a game store um people might want to go and buy some product there might be some packs there after or a product they've got to pick up from the counter yeah, we have like a raffle that goes on at yeah. our game night yeah which is i think like fairly common for a store to raffle off like free prizes and stuff at yeah. local game stores and stuff so yeah like you've got to stay switched on i think like at the bare minimum you know your turns right mm-hmm. you need to be extremely engaged and focused right you should once it gets to your turn like all the banter needs to slow way down you need to like not be so like outside oriented of the things that are happening around you like just look at your cards your board state and the board state that you all share and go okay what's this turn gonna look like mm. focus on that at least for your turns it's like the bare minimum well i mean that also kind of ties into that being considerate pillar as well doesn't mm. it it's like if you're distracted on your turn and you're not making game actions, your opponents are sat there waiting for you. Yeah. And they're probably not going to have a good time because they're wondering what you're doing or they think yeah. that, you know, are you moving a phase or are you not being clear enough? Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Get all sorts of ambigu- ambiguity when you're not sure exactly what someone's actually doing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. On the, in the same vein, be attentive on your turn, but do not check out once you've finished your turn. No. Like, I think to be focused in a game is being aware of the entire board state. And keep in mind, Commander... You've got four board states to keep track of, yes. not just two like in a regular 1v1. Yeah, This is a little bit more complicated, so you do need a little bit more focus and attention to keep track of it. Especially if you're holding up interaction. Like, if you have a removal mm. spell... I mean, obviously, like, a counter spell is the most obvious one, right? you you got to decide what spell you're going to counter. You need to be aware of every spell that gets cast. So that's going to be a big amount of engagement yep. that you require. But even if you just have, like, a disenchant or some sort of effect that, you know, destroys an artifact or enchantment in your hand... You need to know when something comes down that you're going to want to remove because you need to like take the next available opportunity to get rid of it. You need to be aware of where you are in the turn order so you can find your best opportune moment for using that removal spell. Like, don't be the kind of player who goes like, "Oh, um, oh, you." When had- did that hit the board? Yeah, when did that hit the board? Oh, I would have counterspelled that two turns ago. Yeah, like straight up. No, we can't take that back. I think no. that's something like you have to be focused because in a game where it's untrusted. I, I hate the word untrusted. It feels like mm. you're playing with like slimy people. I understand but it's, why. It's what it's the rules versus, committee versus trusted. Yeah. Like it makes sense. But yeah. How yeah. about we call them like, I don't know, surprise games. You don't know who you're <laughs> playing with. It sounds more positive. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> like, surprise. Surprise. It's, it's Greg. Surprise. <laughs> it's mass land destruction. <laughs> oh, what a welcome surprise. <laughs> Crying in the corner. But like, Okay, I'm saying that it's really important to be aware of what your opponents are doing in these games because Mm. unlike in trusted pods in playgroup areas, you don't know what their stance on, like, you know, rewinding the clock a little bit is. Or, like, you know, these awkward little things of being like, I don't understand how that works, so I would have done this two turns ago if I knew that it would stop me doing this Mm. or, like, whatever. Mm. 
a lot of trusted playgroups can play around that, but in untrusted playgroups or surprise groups, <laughs> you don't know how they're going to react. So yeah. being on top of your game is important because it makes sure the game runs correctly. Keep in mm. mind, we play the world's most complicated game yeah. in the most complicated way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, the funny thing is in trusted pods, that amount of adherence to, like, rules and and whether you can walk things back can vary considerably. Yeah, you, know, you can play can. CDH. In, with trusted pods where people go like no no we're going through the steps and phases in the right order and if you don't declare it you if don't, you don't do declare it, it it doesn't yeah. happen if you don't cast it it doesn't happen like you know very much that way and then you get the complete opposite if you ever watch commander at home on youtube they're like oh, i'll roll it back yeah they're just no. like oh I, I wouldn't have done that if that was going to happen so then they just like walk back like a full turn yeah. cycle sometimes and and do something differently and i think that's like the the thing that the space commanders are trying to tell us to look for here right is the yeah. difference between it and this is if you're in an untrusted pod well you don't know you don't know so right? you need to be switched on you, you need, need to, to be engaged you need to be focused i think it's worth assuming that people will be the most strict with the way they're yeah. going to adhere to this yeah. like unless well, you know okay. for sure okay for example if you were playing a game of poker for fun with friends yeah and everyone reveals their hand and let's say i got a two pair but you got a straight flush uh-huh i can't then go oh I want to roll that back. I, can't. I would. I wouldn't have bet. I wouldn't have bet fifty bucks if Walt had a flush. I only had a two pair. Like, I'm not going to win against that. It's a bit like you know, you sit down with strangers to play poker. You're not going to roll it back, are you? I, I thought you could go the other way of being like, if and then you know that would be okay. But if you were to go to a casino, <laughs> play poker yes. at the deal table, be like, ah. Oh, you know, guys, I put in that hundred bucks really thinking I was going to win that. Can hand. I just grab that back Can I just now? Grab that back? I'm sure Crown <laughs> Casino in Melbourne would be more than yeah, happy to it, give bro. you your money back. Do you want to be an extra, you want, actually? You know what? Uh, come to the back room with us. We'll give you the whole vault. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a euphemism. Smacking the baseball bat yeah. on his hand. <laughs> you can have everything you've ever dreamed of when you're dead. <laughs> Sleeping <laughs> with the fishes <laughs> in the Yarra River. <laughs> there aren't any fishes in the Yarra River. <laughs> There's, I doubt there's any life other than bacteria I in the think Yarra you River. might be right. Um, anyway. Oh, gosh. Yeah, right. Commando, that's the thing we play. The next pillar I said was helpful. Because yes. Because I think that there's... I think that there is a huge part of the social contract that makes experienced players have a responsibility to new players. Like, yeah. almost a kind of obligation i don't want to call it an obligation because mm. not every player needs to teach a new player i don't no. want to force education no. roll down your down your hand but like i think that there is a little bit of an expectation whereas if you are the experienced player in an untrusted pod mm. and you're playing with relatively new players maybe it's someone's first ever game of commander yeah the social contract says you have a bit of an obligation to be lenient, to be helpful, to mm. teach them how this game works. And don't like I don't take advantage of new players is mm. part of the other. Because like the whole point of this is to get better games at Commander. It's gonna be a terrible game of Commander if you just we we use the term quite a bit of pub stomping, mm. which is the kind of expression, it's a bit of an Australian expression, pub stomping. Oh. See it a bit online. I think, okay. I think you see it around. Okay. Yeah. People know what it is. It's yeah. like where you kind of like downplay how good you are. Yeah. And then annihilate and then someone. Completely obliterate the pod. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a really social no-no thing mm -hmm. to do. But you have an obligation to do the exact opposite of that. To help people. To make sure they know what the rules are. Yeah. Even reminding them of mistriggers. That kind of stuff. It's 
the helpful side. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just sort of... It, well, it's back to that social contract again, right? It's what you owe to people just by virtue of being in any social con- context, right? Like, mm. you uh, all have a mutual um, stake in the game that's unfolding. So, you also, like... I, I've sort of said this like this before, but you actually have... And I think you should think about this this way if you're a real spike like me. You have an obligation to having the best possible game that you can. And if someone's new, you should make them the best possible opponent they can be. So it's like a training yeah. situation. I see it's what you're like, saying. It's like, you know... So you've got another worthy opponent yeah. in the future to battle. It's like, I require one p- opponent worthy of my skill. They're- I will train you so you may de- be defeated by me. It's very Darth Sidious, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah it's very like... Very Sith. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will train you so one day you one can day take you me will, down. You You'll strike me you. down <laughs> and take your rightful place in the Empire. <laughs> but from a more good person point of view yeah it's like it's like the bare minimum right yeah when someone's there and they're learning the game you got to show them how to do it i think you got to be careful about how you do this and also when you do this it's very easy to slip into a thing of going like in general i think the way and maybe this is just a, a lesson for teaching people anything let people try something and then advise them after and let them get it wrong i actually think getting it wrong is a huge part of learning like I remember I used to, as many people know, I used to ride a lot of motocross. I used to race motorbikes. And Mm -hmm. one of the best things my dad ever taught me is every time you get a scratch, you know that you'll never get scratched there again. Mm. So my dad had this kind of philosophy of like, if you fall off and hurt yourself in all these different ways and make all these different mistakes, every time you hit your knee... You're never going to fall off on that side of the bike again. You know, like if yeah. you take that mentality to it, it's like every bruise is a lesson. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't win many races. <laughs> <laughs> I fell off a lot. <laughs> I mean, your dad constructed a whole philosophy around how often you fell off the bike. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very good man. And creating a whole philosophical construct <laughs> to make his kid feel better about crashing all no, the time. that's just good parenting. Uh, yeah. um, no, I think, I think it's a really nebulous thing in Commander, right? Because... There's the politics aspect to this, right? Yeah, and that's and, a very, especially learning commander. Politics yeah. is a whole realm that's very complicated. Well, because so much of the way that very good politicsy players will politic is about advising people on what to do, right? Or and so, what the threat is. Or yeah, like can, like you yeah. know, someone's like, "Oh, I've got this removal spell. I don't know what to do with it." Like politics happens in in most pods where people will be like, oh, I think it should be this thing. Definitely not me. Don't look at me. Well, that's the thing yeah. is there's the, there's this stake in the game, right? Which is like, I want my stuff to stay. So I'm going to obviously point towards the other things. But it's really tricky with a new player because their ability to distinguish between what is um, the politics that happens in every game mm. versus like, I'm genuinely trying to help you is really it's going to look the same yeah, to and, them and, you know and it also like even if you say quotes like now in commit like pretend you're a new player right uh-huh. get in the character of a new player hello you're playing a Traxa. you hello. found it and you're like this I, is the best commander you've ever found i have built this Traxa deck because <laughs> i like little men and they're all little men in the deck and Traxa is not a little man but she's the only one who's not a little man lovely to meet you greg uh-huh so this is a situation in the game where we need to discuss what the threat is. Okay. Now, I'm clearly not the threat, but uh-huh. I have a stake in the game, so I might be the threat. You have a stake? Because there is this thing on my board that's very powerful. Do you like it medium or rare? 
little bit of salt and pepper. Okay, okay. Grilled on like okay. mom and each side. You have a steak? So I have a steak in the game. So I'm going to tell you that other people are the threat. Uh-huh. But I could be the threat. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I couldn't be the threat because uh-huh. I'm trying to convince you that you're not. Uh-huh. Are you following along? Uh-huh. I'm going to attack you with all my little men. <laughs> <laughs> and see. <laughs> I don't know where that guy came from. I have no idea. But you get what I'm trying <laughs> to say, right? This like complicated back and forth of like, I'm trying to help you, but also compl- yeah. po- politics. I'm trying to teach you politics at the same time. So I'm politicking, but I'm also trying to help you in actually making a decision. And like, the, we're not even mentioning that they're the, trying to learn how the cards work. Like that's just oh, the God, social yeah. aspect of like them using the removal spell. But they might be like, okay, I've decided I'm going to use my disenchant on your Atraxa. And someone's going to be like, okay, you can't. Not an artifact or <laughs> enchantment. Not an artifact or enchantment. It's like, okay, let's start again. Yeah. Look, I think, but even like when you're playing with very experienced players, I reckon there's some amount of this as well, because there's, there's an obligation to just like, it's like, it's so easy to just do the bare minimum of like reminding someone of a trigger. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, this is a thing where it's, like, different between playgroup to playgroup. Like, mm-hmm. we have a rule that in our playgroups that if there is a May trigger and you miss it, you've missed that trigger. We play pretty hardball yeah. of, like, you know, if you miss it, you miss it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of just the way it is. But if it's a trigger that is a must trigger, we use the judge ruling of when you notice a trigger has been missed that cannot be missed, it is put on the stack when it is noticed. Yeah. That's the rule that we play by. Yeah. But untrusted pods, who knows what yeah. they like? You know, like their regular playgroup might say, no, even if you miss a must trigger, you've missed it. Like yeah. it's, it's your responsibility. It only gets put on the stack if you have that rule. So that's completely mm. different to what we have as a playgroup. So there is a bit of a obligation for experienced players to remind even experienced players, hey, you actually have a trigger there. It's a must trigger. Do, you know, you need to put it on the stack. Yeah. You need to choose targets now before yeah. we can resolve anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think even, and then like it, to sort of invert that, if you're the player who is the active player who's doing stuff and putting things on the stack, let's say, putting mm-hmm. triggers on the stack, I think you have an obligation as well to explain what is going on yeah. as well. Tying into like being focused and engaged on your turn. Yeah. But for the he- being helpful to other players, make it really clear what yeah. you're doing. Well, I think really good magic players make it clear when you have the opportunity to respond. We- we- we've talked mm. about this before when we talked about priority, but in a-, a turn of magic, there are actually about, you know, like a hundred different times probably in that turn that priority in a commander game is actually passing around the entire yeah. table. But the thing is, we just skip through most of them with shortcuts. Like we say, okay, I'd like to move to combat. And that is saying to the pod, would anyone like to respond to that right yeah. now? You know, I'm Otherwise declaring I'm going to go straight to attackers. Yeah, I'm going to declare these attackers. Uh, anything before blocks. Again, we're saying, is yep. there anyone who wants to do stuff now? So there's little and phrases. And that's a good commander player. Yeah, yeah. Like it's when re- they say that. It's like really good to explain. And even especially when the, the stack starts getting complex, it's mm. starting to be like, okay, I'm going to cast this. So just so you know, what we have now is this spell on the stack. I have this trigger here to draw a card and this trigger, which is going to make me a 1-1 red elemental from my, um, what's the? Young Pyromancer. Young Pyromancer is going to make a 1-1 red elemental. Yeah. Does anyone have any responses? They now know not only like what they can respond to, they know the order on the stack yeah. of the things they can respond to because you've been a good magic player and ordered your triggers. Like, it's like yes, you can make that 1-1, one, one, but before you draw a card, yeah. I'm going to blow off everything up. Or someone's, someone could be like, oh, actually, now that I know that's on the stack, I'm going to cast Sublime Epiphany because now I have a spell I can counter 
and an ability on the stack See, that I can counter. That's the dream with that card, isn't yeah. it? To actually counter a spell and counter like a- An know, ill ability? ability. It's like the yeah. only one you oh. never resolve, right? You always make a token copy of a creature you have. You, you always, always draw, draw a, card. a card. You always bounce something. Yep. And you're usually countering a spell or ability, but it's very rare you get to be like, counter that spell and that ability. When you hit both, it's like a new level of like ascension to God. Who yeah. you get. It's, like, it's the, the ultimate blue card. experience. Yeah. It's like nothing you do matters and I'm a God. <laughs> I completely agree with you though. This is like- um, I'm a God? Yes. I <laughs> worship you every night, pray to you. I hope you hear it. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I think with like, even the stack, because I go as far as to use like infinity tokens to represent triggers on the stack. I love when you do this. Specifically with my new Savine deck, because that thing just gets madness because we copy spells Copying, and all that kind of stuff. Representing copies with actual cards makes it so much easier to respond to. And that's the reason that Arena does that, by yep. the way. It doesn't say like copy, the word copy on your screen. It shows you a physical copy of the card yep. and another physical copy of the the card on top of that one it helps me keep track of it so i'm glad that it is helping others keep track of it oh, everybody wins when you explain it properly yeah. right yeah i think the next level to that is keeping your board state clean i've talked oh, about yeah. this a million times on this podcast i am a huge stickler like for having those thirds on your playmat mm -hmm. or the top third being creatures bottom third being non-creature permanents bottom sorry middle third being non-creature permanents and then the bottom third being lands slash mana producing artifacts mm -hmm. um yeah, my God. Keep it like that and yeah. everyone understands what's happening. Yeah. The difference when you have such an untidy board where you have like a, you know, a Chroma's uh, Memorial, uh, Memorial? Yeah. Chroma's yeah, yeah. Memorial yeah. in the top third and then you have a creature in the bottom third and a bunch of random stuff other like everywhere else. Mm. So hard to identify if you've got blocks or not from the other side of the table. Yeah. I think like... I, I'll say that most people are pretty good at putting all the mana in the one place. Like, it's very rare you play against someone who doesn't have their mana at the bottom. So, that's, like, yes. appreciated. I have seen people put mana rocks in weird places, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, doing the next level of going, okay, there are creature permanents and there are non-creature permanents on two separate yep. rows helps so much for when you, yourself, as the player, are declaring attacks. Like, it's, how many creatures have I got? How many creatures have yeah. I got? You go, like, oh, wow, I've got, like, five of these that are flying. I'm definitely going to swing all of those. Yep. You might miss those if your board state wasn't so organized. But yeah, especially when you're blocking. Um, when, when you're attacking, if you're the player who's organizing your play mat, if yes. I'm attacking you, it helps me so much to know what you can block with. Like I have 100% mm. attack someone and then they've been like, oh, I block with this. And I was like, I didn't even know that was there. Was like, that hidden under that Thran Dynamo? Like, I didn't where know was you had yeah. any creatures with reach or I would obviously not swing my 1-1 one, one flyer at you. Yeah. You know, like... And this is being helpful to your opponents. If you keep yeah. it clean, that's being helpful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So what was the last pillar that we had there? We had be considerate. Considerate. Yeah, and I think this is like a bit of a tie into both of those. Like, you know... You're being considerate if you are trying to help your opponents. You're being yeah. considerate by being focused and engaged. I mean, it's all the social contract, right? Yeah. Exactly. But then there's all the normal social contract stuff that comes into play. Like, I know it sounds dumb and I know there's a bit of a stereotype and a joke, but like hygiene is part of the regular social <laughs> contract that exists in society. And us magic players, apparently, according to the internet, <laughs> stink. So like... There is a obligation for us to make sure the environment that we're playing in yep. is pleasant. Oh, uh, this is like, yeah, 101. If you're playing in the LGS or, uh, yeah, Untrusted Pods, which yep. is the section that we're in, yeah, hygiene. Come on. It's the bare minimum. I think I said this last time we spoke about this, but, like, just even if you're, like, 
you know, have a weird thing about taking a shower or you didn't have time. Like, I get it. It happens sometimes. I have days where I'm not so on top of my, um, you know, self-care or whatever. Mm. Bare minimum before you walk out the door, change the clothes you're wearing. That makes a big difference. And spray some deodorant. Even yeah, if you're not, done. like, actually clean. You know, you might be able to feel your skin that's kind of greasy or whatever. And you might be kind of like, oh, I'm a bit yuck. But it's like, the, at the bare minimum, you won't smell bad, right? Yeah. Because you have clean clothes on and you have deodorant. You'll be okay. Just don't walk out the door with that stuff that you've been sweating in all day and you haven't showered and you went to the gym in the morning. Like, that's a bad time. And most game stores have deodorant behind the counter because they know this is a problem. <laughs> is it so most like, game stores? It or genuinely. Just our one? No, I think it's most. Like, I've really? been to a few wow. others. I've been to a few other game stores. And, like, you know, it, especially when I was like skating for transport. Oh, yeah. I'd get smelly. So, You'd like, I would definitely want it. Like, I yeah. don't want to be the smelly guy. But, like, yeah. I think that all the other social contract stuff that just takes place in society also takes place in a game store. Like keeping your belongings together instead of sprawling out across, especially at a game store where table space is limited. Oh, yeah. Like if you put your bag on an empty table, you're Don't. just taking up room. <laughs> like if there's a pod that comes in trying to look for a table, you're taking up room. Keep yourself tidy. Keep yourself together. Yeah. Keep, just keep your bag at your feet. It's so yeah. easy to do. And like that way you'd know where it is because it's directly next to where you're sat. I've got an idea. Uh-huh. We should start doing those. You know the, the announcements that you get pre-flight just before you yeah. take off on a plane where it's like, please stow all luggage <laughs> in the belongings. overhead compartment or under your seat. Um, if the oxygen masks descend, <laughs> <laughs> please fit yours before anyone else's. Uh-huh. And then apply deodorant so we don't need the oxygen masks. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, all the other stuff applies. Like, respecting other people's belongings. Don't just grab people's cards, like, you know, across the table. Ask them if you can grab them first. Like, Mm. you know, I think we had a joke in one of our skits ages ago where I grabbed your cards with greasy fingers. And you were like, ew, it's gross. That's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. And it it can make the other people at your pod not want to play with you again. Mm. So just... Follow all these usual guidelines. Be respectful. The game store isn't your home. Yeah. Treat it as a public place because it is. I know we spend, granted, we spend probably more time at our LGS than our homes. <laughs> I think even if you include sleeping, I would never uh, spend more time at the LGS <laughs> than home. But, like, it's not. It is a public space. Yeah. It is a store. It is a place of business. That owner of the mm. game store wants to keep it clean. Everyone in there wants to use it, keep it clean and tidy. Just respect the space. Yeah. Well, speaking of like a social contract, like pretty much all places that you live, unless you live literally alone, the social contract applies to where you live, right? If you live with your partner, you live with your parents or your family or housemates or anyone, really, you have a mutual uh, stake in the game, which is the house that you all live in. Um, you all have a desire for it to be a certain way, most likely clean. Yeah. <laughs> and so you all have an obligation to do something you don't really want to do, which is clean the house so that it's clean. I feel like you're referring to our old share house. Uh, I mean, we were fine. <laughs> we were good. But like, I mean, like you think about like a share house is a really good context to put this in. Like, you know, when you're in a share house, there is this obligation, this social contract to respect and be considerate of others. Yeah. Like, for example, when we lived together in the share house, I didn't walk around in the nude. That's something I was considerate about that. I was extremely disappointed by that. But anyway, you could have asked. <laughs> um, but like, I didn't do that. But now I live with my partner at home uh-huh. in private. It's okay if I want to walk from the bedroom to the bathroom in the nude. That's fine. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it, the social contract changes. And I think that... If you're playing commander with a trusted bud, you, you can, can walk be around naked. nude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
so glad you, you got where first. I was going. Um, <laughs> right. God. No, look, I, I, I think as always when we talk about these things and we get bogged down in the details and stuff, I, I think it's always good to end on the importance of fun, right? We play a fun yes. game and all of these aspects of this are going to be making sure everyone is having a fun time. And there's like aspects of just fun that we can, we can mention here, like making sure that you use a good rule zero template. We've spoken extensively mm-hmm. about ours. We should really like just write a document at some point so people can print it off somewhere and use that. Um, and even, you know, making sure you don't get super angry. We had an episode on how to handle tilt, mm. episode 56. Like, you know, there's things you can do to just make sure everyone's having a fun time. And all of this really is that. Yeah. Um, but like, that should be your main goal, I guess. If, we're, if, we're, if those are all little guidelines and, and little aspects of this, I think the goal that you have that d- um, directs all of this is like, is everyone around around me happy and comfortable and having a good time yeah that's like the whole point of it and is there anything i can do to make it even better yeah yeah and i think that the reason we do that to go one step further the reason we are thinking about that and have that central goal is because we want this format to be as good as it can be yeah and as be successful as it can be and if we don't have that focus and don't have that goal new players will stop playing because they're not having a good time. And then there won't be any players left. And us old players will just be sat in a room with two microphones (laughs) screaming at the world, being like, someone play Commander with us. Please, Please. just one time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for sure. Well, that's, I reckon, all we want to say about Untrusted Pods. So I think it might be time... For a thrifty interlude. A thrifty interlude. Just five cents and you get a whole break. A whole break. A rest. I love this new thing of you just saying words after that. I'm not planning any of them I know. Either. It's, it's, it's like when you so say... It's, it's like when you um say thrifty interlude, my brain's like, do the thing. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Your brain's like, the word sent, the word short, break. Sentence. There we go. There we go. It works. Um, you know what I meant. <laughs> I do. We have lots of to talk about, including uh, how all of this stuff is going to change. We're talking about playgroups. But before that, we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as is tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, it's the Cowled Merchant with some new wares. James, would you like to read the card I'm featuring this week? I sure would. This is a WinCon card and a half. I love this card. Uh, It's mob rule. For four red and a red, you'll get a sorcery that says choose one. You can either gain control of all creatures with power four or greater until end of turn, untap them, they gain haste, or you can gain control of all creatures with power three or less until end of turn, untap those creatures, they gain haste. Do you get tired of the meaningless machinations of the government? Wish you and your friends could get through to the people in charge in a way that they couldn't ignore? Well then, welcome to the mob! What are we doing? (laughs) Who are we going to punch in the head? Big time! Where are we going? Whoa, sailor! Everything can turn on a dime when people that are a little bit crazy are in charge. Nobody is answering my questions, but that's okay if you're going where the crowd is going. This rules! No, this rules! No, these rule! Collectively! But these rulers are enforcing the absence of rules. If you don't like it, they'll smack you across the back of the hand with a ruler. And I don't mean the king. Though if someone can smack you on the hand with an entire king, they deserve a promotion to ruler. Get budgeted. 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 Man, that, ma- that cow merchant is now selling, like, crowds. <laughs> he can what? literally sling 
anything he, in the he's universe. The ultimate merchant. The ultimate, ultimate sales merchant. guy. Yep. Mad props. <laughs> um, if you liked that, you can see uh, those as they're released in text form every Thursday on the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked in the show notes in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. So hop in that Discord if you want to have a read of those. Yeah, and if you do like it, tell us why. Because <laughs> <laughs> Walt's just a weirdo. and I'm, We just let him be weird yeah. in that channel and on the podcast. Yeah. And... I'm, I'm happy for him, is what I'm saying. <laughs> 40 minutes of Walt being helpful, and then a few minutes of Walt being insane, and then back to being helpful. And speaking of... <laughs> speaking of... Well, speaking of our Discord channel, because oh, who's, who's in our Discord channel, Walt? Our playgroup. Our playgroup. And yeah. I think that's what we should dive into sure. next. Because, like, the Space Commander said, you need to shift how you play with who you play with mm-hmm. accordingly, depending on who you're playing with. Sure. So we went extensively into Untrusted Pods. Cool. Done mm-hmm. that. Trusted pods. We're talking about your playgroup. The play people groups. that you play with regularly. People who you're familiar with, whose decks you recognize. Um, you're usually a bit more comfortable, mm. a little bit more open um, to like just playing with these people. And so I think the adherence to the social contract changes a lot, yes. right? Well, like like we were alluding to earlier with walking around the house nude. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the perfect metaphor and simile <laughs> to compare this to. Um, I, I do think there is a big difference between the the amount of the social contract you have to adhere to with a playgroup. Yeah. And I think that it's not like... I don't think it's just removing sections of the social contract because you still should be kind. You should still be helpful. Yeah, you, you should, should still, still be, be focused, engaged, yeah. helpful, considerate, all the words we used before. Yeah. yeah, but I think that there are like social uh, situations or like tricky bits, those murky water areas yeah. where it's a lot easier to navigate with a play group because of the regularity and because of the familiarity you have with them. Mm. You might have navigated it before and now there's just a new social expectation. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Your social contract is more known. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. You know what your social contract is a little bit more with your play group. You know your stake in the game yeah. because you know the game that you're collectively have a stake in better. Yeah. And so you also know your responsibility to the game that you're all playing because you know your relationship to it and the way that you all relate to it. Because that's the thing yeah. that was so hard before with Untrusted Pods. You don't know. No. You know what you bring to the table and what yeah. your expectations are, but you've got three others that are completely unknown to you. You obviously can never know entirely what's going on in anyone's mind so even in a trusted pod you can never perfect this right because you can't i can't be in your head much as i'm disappointing (laughs) you're in there pretty frequently (laughs) (laughs) but you know what i mean i can't can't read your mind and so yeah but i I know you i know what what kind of game you're after how i'll react to certain things and what what kind of game i'm looking for like you said yeah and kind of you know if i have a shift in tone, you know where to go with that shift. Like yeah. if I go, okay, I'm tired of the really casual, silly decks that take three hours to finish a game. Mm-hmm. And I go, look, guys, I really want to play this deck. You're like, we're looking for that kind of thing. Yep. You're pulling out Yuriko. I know I'm yep. pulling out as all the Lawbringer. Yeah. Like that makes sense. And I think that there are, like, there are these kinds of social situations that I'm talking about that get easier to navigate. One of the examples I'd like to talk about is like the takes backsies thing that we were talking yeah. about earlier. Because I think that this is something that a lot of playgroups have their own home rules on. Mm. And when you bring in someone from the outside, it can be completely different. Like we said before, 
take backsies is a really complicated situation to wind back the clock. But we've had rules in like because we we're pretty lucky. We actually have multiple play groups. We have like mm. you know our our play group that we play with probably most frequently is that group chat on Facebook that we have. Yeah. Then we've got like the the high powered play group with a couple mm-hmm. of our other friends and then we've got like regulars we see at the game store that we've just been playing with for years we've got a little yeah. a couple of different play groups so in one of the play groups we actually had a rule set up for a while where we had a three strikes and you're out rule i think i first saw this on some gameplay streams and i know tabletop jocks still do it where I, they have like an actual takesies backsies counter yes and if you get to three of them you lose the game right? i think i think that's where ours came from yeah i think that's where that we got it right. from from tabletop Subjects. But yeah, it was basically like a if you want to take something back, you get a takes backsies counter. And mm-hmm. once you get your third, you just lose. Yeah. And that's kind of like a fun homebrew rule that helps you navigate with your playgroup mm. this kind of like awkward social situation. Yeah. But like most of the time, our playgroup, we're pretty hard and fast about it with this. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. I think the thing we're pretty hard and fast about is asking. You know what I mean? Like mm, you both, true. I think both of us are pretty good at being like, okay. I don't think I would have done that if I'd known it was going to do this. Do you mind if I walk it back? But then equally, the pod is pretty good at being like, actually, you've affected the board state too much. And then we're all pretty good at being like, that's fair. Fair I'll leave it. But a good chunk of the time, we will let people walk stuff back if it's like immediate. Like sometimes I'll resolve a spell and be like, oh, it doesn't work. Never mind. And I'll put it back in my hand and people I think are usually cool with that. Yeah. And also like there is a reason why your opponents might be like, yeah, that's fine. Roll it back because they actually get something out of it. They got some free information about what's in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So they can kind of play around that. And Mm. I think that that's like a a trade-off that you give with your play group. It's like, I'm fine to roll this back. And with the knowledge that, you know, I now have this specific removal spell in hand. Yeah. A bit of a give and take. Maybe that's a general thing is that like mostly the ways that you get to um, change the social contract when you play with a regular play group are fine as long as you're not manipulating them. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's I think it's terrible when you start manipulating them. I think I think the key thing here, and I've seen this said before about because another thing you can do that's much more flexible with a play group is like the rule zero conversation in terms of what you can allow. Oh, for sure. You know, people might be happy to play against mass land destruction in a trusted play group because they know what the deck looks like and who's the commander and mm. all this stuff about it, or they might be willing to play an un commander or a custom commander or yep. something. But I've heard a really really good um, sort of general philosophy of this which is um dan sheehan who now hosts pie break the podcast oh, yeah. about the color philosophy it's in my queue i need to get on top of it's that it's really good have highly you listened to the first couple of episodes i have yeah. very highly recommend he actually um, just released some rachel weeks which i haven't oh. listened to yet but the reuniting of commander I might, sphere i might start there start with that one commander yeah. sphere was amazing really cool the, the first episode is him and mark rosewater so oh, okay maybe i don't you, skip you kind of got to yeah. start there. okay fair enough um anyway but the 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 rule that he sort of proposed when he was talking about custom commanders and that kind of thing is it's fine as long as it's worse was the way that he said it. Like, you got to keep in mind, if you're bending the rules of the game, which you're doing when you're playing an uncommander or a custom oh, commander. Oh, that it comes out, like, worse for you. Yes. Yes. It has I to be worse. Saying. Like, it has to be, like... It, like, it's very hard to justify if you're like, okay, I've got this illegal commander. Um, it's like Corvold, but better. 
It's like, well, well why? Corvold's already just play Corvold. It's yeah. broken. Like your Thursday Incarnate, for example. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. The deck it's- has such a strong like the card says if I don't cast if I cast a spell that has not been featured on Thrifty Thursdays, I lose the game. Yeah. Like that's the level of bad that that commander has to be. Yeah. Because and- it's a five color commander that draw effectively draws a card whenever I cast a spell. Like it has to be limited. So you're so limited in what you can choose to yeah. put in your deck. Yeah. Anyway, so I think this is like maybe just a general rule of the way that we allow flexibility in play groups and maybe this is a bit of a cautionary warning from me is you can do it but be be wary of increasing flexibility and always allowing for people to make choices that are better for them like even with mulligans like right mulligans uh, yeah, is something that's a, I've that's seen a people good one. yeah like we have a friendly mulligan rule yeah where we just say you can keep drawing seven until you ha- find a hand that you're happy with but yeah. there is like a a trust a like implicit agreement between yeah. everyone at the table that you're not digging for your best hand. So like if you've got a keepable hand, yeah. you run with it. You need to trust the pod for that because you need to know that the people around you are not going to abuse that rule. But even I've played in other play groups. I once played with this group who very much, they played at a local game store. They play with each other every single week. Mm-hmm. I was just sort of a fly on the wall almost as the fourth member of the game because they had a lot of knowledge of each other's decks. It's got to be fun to be in those pods. I've it been in them fun. a few it times. It was a very good pod. I want to yeah. start with that. But they have a mulligan rule um, where they draw 10 cards. I think I talked about this before on the podcast. They yeah. Draw 10 and then put three to the bottom. And effectively, it means you never have to mulligan more than once, right? Because it's very unlikely you draw 10 and don't have at least seven capable cards there. Yeah. Um, but the issue is there was a turn one soul ring. Like, multiple turn one soul rings a good chunk of the time. Yeah, I mean, t- 10 cards deep in your deck is eight, It's over a tenth of your library. It's... It's considerable. Yeah. And you're picking the best seven of those, remember? It's not yeah. like you're choosing ten and then discarding three at random. Like, it's the best seven from ten. And I also think that there's a way you can abuse that with deck building. I feel like you could, you could make your land count a lot lower 100%, with that 100% you yeah. could. And that's going to be mean that then you're drawing more gas in the late yeah. game. Anyway, so I guess I'm saying you can do this, by the way. I'm not saying, like, you, you should never do this. But we wary of always changing the social contract and changing the way you play with your playgroup in a way that benefits you all because it just increases the likelihood of these blowouts and these sorts of things that will happen. And I also think like, you know, when you change stuff in your playgroup, you can end up going into untrusted pods. Like, let you know, you might with your playgroup go, okay, let's all go to a convention and, you know, three out of four of your pod go, yeah, let's go. And one guy's like, oh, I'm working that weekend. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, it's all right. We'll find someone to fill in the fourth spot. Yeah. And then someone else comes into your pod as that fly on the wall. And you've got all these kind of wild homebrew rules. Mm. You need to be aware that that pod is no longer your playgroup pod. No, that's, that's an, an untrusted, untrusted pod, pod because someone is coming into it. And I think you need to abide by what we talked about in the first half of this episode, mm. the usual rules of what we expect when you're playing Commander. Yeah. Obviously, there's stuff about your playgroup that you can't not play. Like, you know, I know what this deck is. I know what it does. I know mm. what the threat cards are. I know how to threat assess it correctly. But the social aspect of playing the game, mm. that pod is now an untrusted pod. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And look, it's going to be hard for that person coming in because there's so much knowledge of each other's decks and of the previous games that you've played as yeah. a pod as I well. I think that's something and that as a like, play group. I think that's something that playgroups do quite well is mm. holding grudges <laughs> over multiple games. It's interesting you say <laughs> do it quite well because it implies that we should congratulate well, bots on this. I, but I am kind of congratulating them because okay. it is, it's a social 
little part of the game that they're enjoying. Like, I, like we've done this before. Like, yeah. I used to run Ginger Brute in my Yuriko deck. I still do because mm-hmm. it's the best one drop in the game. <laughs> you were always my target for Ginger Brute because you found the cards so funny. Yeah. And I used to swing it at you all the time. Yeah. And then you built a deck that had Ginger Brute in it. A much worse deck. A much worse deck, to be fair. <laughs> but- you, for the longest time with that deck, was like, okay, every opportunity I have to swing at James with Ginger Brute, I will take. Yeah. Because it's like this running joke of this long-standing feud between our Ginger Brutes. Yeah. And that's funny and cute, especially when it's just like one, two points of damage. It's not yeah, warping yeah. the game around it. I think that kind of stuff is good quality playgroup fun. It's just like it's just like gags, right? Yeah, it's, it's like banter. It, it becomes banter. a bit. It's yeah. like, you know, if I go like, oh, I resolve gingerbread and then I like look meaningfully at James, like that's funny. It's already. hilarious. Like, it's it's there's layers of sort of irony and stuff that are wrapped in that. And it's so and it's so personal to the playgroup as well. Like, yeah. you know, like you Which know, is a good thing. Yeah. And I agree. And, and I think that even the bits of like, you know, one of our, you know, good friends Nick, mm-hmm. he always plays the card. If he's if he's in white, he'll always play Settle the Wreckage. Yeah. So there's always Always a joke about not attacking Nick yeah. be, when he's got open mana up. Be careful. Be careful. The record, so it's yeah. like this, it's this running joke of this prior knowledge to all your games mm. that come forward. And I think this is something playgroups do exceptionally well over untrusted pods because in untrusted pods, let's say you play two games back to back and you've only just met this one person. Let's say that person absolutely crushed the game. Like they were playing Corvold, they had a 2020 Corvold, swung mm-hmm. you, killed you, done. Like yeah. just really quickly game over. Then they go, okay, I'm going to change decks, do something else. If the pod goes at that player because they won the last game, mm-hmm. that's not a good example of holding grudges over a game. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like one game with like two games and having a grudge from the first game coming over into the second game in an untrusted pod is not good, Mm. but years of playing together and having little inside jokes about particular cards, Mm. that is funny and that is encouraged. Yeah, it's true. I I guess I want to be wary of saying that it's not possible for trusted pods to get this wrong as well. Because I do think, like, I I remember we played with someone at um, PAX way back when, not PAX, um... Command oh, Fest. Command Fest? At, yeah. at Command Fest, we played with two guys who played together a lot together. Um, oh, Fuzzy was one of them, actually, who, who is now a oh, patron yeah. of ours. Shout out, Fuzzy. Shout out, Fuzzy. Thank you. Um, but we, the other guy we were playing with, um, what's your name? Because I'm not sure if he wants it to be shared, but um, he was playing this weird, like, politicsy group hug kind of deck. And we immediately were like, um, looking at the cards and being like, we sort of, with our knowledge of Commander, were like, oh, okay, the group hug player is trying to fly under the radar. We were like, all right, right we need to start dealing with him. And he like threw his hands in the air and like laughed. And he was like, I built this deck with no threats <laughs> because every single deck I bring to my pod, everyone thinks is the problem because I'm always winning. So I tried to build a one bad deck <laughs> and I'm still arch enemy. Anyway, so it's I like- I did feel bad for him to be fair. Yeah, but he, he won that game. winning the game. <laughs> Because I feel like I feel like we hard pivoted away from being yeah. like, oh, oh yeah, sorry, he's ben. fine, he's yeah. fine. I didn't, I didn't mean to upset you. Or yeah. Pivot away from it. But yeah, it I, can I happen. Hear like, what you're saying. Over a long period of time, someone wins a lot. Especially there's yeah. this kind of thing of being like, oh, you know, James has a soul ring, and I know he missed his last four land drops, but the fact that he has a soul ring means I have to Kill attack him, him now. And it's like that's probably not not yeah. so reasonable. And I but. think like just even like you know just general stuff about how good the stuff of having a regular playgroup gets mm. is rule zero conversations become so short. 
Oh, yeah. You know exactly what you're going up against. We sometimes don't have them. Like, sometimes I pull out, like, you know, I'll pull out, like, around me. And you'll be like, okay. And you pull out... Um, like Zaxara or something. Yeah, you that, pull out Zaxara. And then, like... I've seen you know, the decks go up against each other yeah. before. And they work. Theo pulls out Streffen. And, yep. like, Nick pulls out Fabine. And it's like, cool. Great we pod, all done. know these decks. We've yep. all played against these decks at least once or twice. Um, this seems like a good game. We don't need to be like, oh, what's your win con? Yeah, like what are your removal pieces? Yeah. Even then, like, I feel like I could just be like, all right, guys, I'm going to play Savine, but I've upgraded two cards. They're pretty powerful. These are what they are. Yeah. They're, that's the rule zero. Yeah. Th- that's it. You don't have to go into exactly what power level it is. No, you could even just pull out, like, like the three saltiest cards is sometimes what I'll do. Like, rather mm. than do the thing of kind of pulling out, these are my three win cons. These are my three cards that might make you upset. Like, this is the, my removal package. Yeah. I just pull out, like, okay, what? are probably the three cards most likely to bring about annoyance so it might be like a card that exiles someone's graveyard yeah. it might be like confounding conundrum that makes you bounce lands if you play more than one in a turn whack card um you know like camel. three of those and then it's like okay these might be a bit annoying um let me know if you want me to put, put the deck away otherwise let's let's go yeah shuffle up and how good's that it's great I think it just it's makes it so much easier so so streamlined yeah. and i think it's so much more likely that you'll get power level right. Yes. Even with our rule zero template, we love it. We we highly recommend it. It's not perfect because you can never know everything about every deck but, before you play. But the only way really you can get a perfect rule zero is if you reach the point of that play group where you yeah. just go, I'm playing this deck. Oh, I'll play this deck because they played really well against each other the last eight times we've played them. Yeah. You know, like that level of understanding. Yeah. That's where rule zero really shines. Definitely. And uh, speaking of rule zero, I know we said before we should jot it down somewhere. I do want to mention that the, the command zero episodes of this podcast are structured specifically around yes. our rule zero. They're very long versions of our rule zero, but they're good indications. And only a few episodes ago, I did Katilda and Leah. Yeah. And um, I did Tornos. You've done Tornos as Apprentice. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you do want to know the template that's the way to go yeah it's all it's a very it's a weird style of episode for us because we're on our own yes space commanders don't tell us when it's about to happen they Uh just kind of yank us (laughs) and give us a deck to explain out of space it's it's good it's good fun only because we love this game (laughs) otherwise it's terrifying just sitting in a room talking about your own hobby for (laughs) 20 minutes in space i'll tell you what playgroups also allow for yeah is in you alluded to before the knowledge of your opponents and your opponent's decks mm-hmm. allows for you to alter your style of playing not for social reasons but for competitive reasons ah. to get that like little bit of a competitive edge mm. on your opponents because you know them so well yeah and there's a plethora of ways you can do this. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. like if you just identify, like I said before, like with Nick, he's always the player that has that combat trick that settle the wreckage. Yeah. I know I need to look at what mana he has open before mm. I go to combat. And probably consider how many attackers you send at him. Yes. Right? If, if, you if think, I am going to get blown out. If you identify out. this looks yep. like it might be settle the wreckage, you know, 80% chance. All right. I might send just enough to annoy him, but not to annoy him so much that he'll cast settle the wreckage. Because <laughs> maybe he'll get a worse attack from Walt later. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, make him make him work for it kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like me and you specifically have gotten very good at this to the extent where we were playing a game the other day and you left open six mana and passed the turn. I was like, oh, okay, James probably has um, Sublime Epiphany. <laughs> and you literally were like, oh. You know, that, <laughs> you know that whole thing you said about not being in my head? Yeah. That. Get the <laughs> hell out of my head, bro. I, th- I remember this game. You had like multiple opportunities in that game where you were like guessing cards in my hand. Yeah. And you didn't get one wrong. Like every <laughs> single one you got right. And there was also opportunities where- Oh, there was this brilliant moment where I was like counting mana and counting like 
like I, you could see I was counting like very small numbers on my hand, but uh-huh. counting a lot of mana. Yeah. And you were like, volcanic torrent? Are you trying to count how many spells you're going to be able to cast? And I was like, I can't do anything in secret. I can't. <laughs> he just lives in my head. Rent free, by the way. <laughs> you're getting a great deal up there. Yeah. Cost of living crisis. <laughs> just live in, live in your best friend's head. Rent free. <laughs> best way to go. But yeah, like I think that when you know that much about your opponent's decks mm. even like about the type of player like the the running joke of me being the politics player yeah and you pointing out to everyone at the table like he's losing yeah right now if james is starting to politic he's losing don't mm. let him politic like that becomes a really big part of your playgroup's game because yeah you can feel it and like well you can game it as yes. well right you can use this as a tool in your arsenal of being like okay like we know james is politicking right now it doesn't mean we can't politic with james but like let's be aware james like you know you often start politicking yeah when you're losing but also when you're about to start losing so someone's about to remove one of your things and you start going like okay hold whoa, on whoa, whoa, maybe whoa, we can whoa, whoa. remove like <laughs> i can deal with this over here and then you can help me in this way and then it's like okay let's just all be aware that james needs this thing a lot or he wouldn't politic yeah. with us right now so let's talk as a group about yeah. how we best approach this let's situation consider this. but also like if if you know someone's the counter spell player bait their counter spell bait, oh, them, yeah. into, bait them into making that mistake yeah and you get the edge you could you could put like you know put your acting face on a little bit and be like oh i'm just gonna go for it i'm gonna cast this spell yeah and then your opponent's like idiot yeah counter spell and you're like oh well Overwhelming anyway, stampede. overwhelming stampede, yeah. win the game. <laughs> yeah, straight yeah. up. No, definitely. I think when, when you see someone with the open mana, you know that the counter spell kind of player. You can. I actually like basically rearrange my hand. Normally, I arrange my hand in terms of like synergy, like the the best way to resolve the spells in terms of synergy. Mm. I actually change the way that I will resolve my spells from least to most important. <laughs> so so like, you sort of go like, okay, Lanawarel Inspector. What do you think of that? Cool with that. Okay. What about Disenchant targeting Euristic Study? Ah, not so cool with that. Overwhelming stamp. Yeah, yeah, there I go. I Last win spell now. in the yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that there's like some amazing things about being in a play group. And the, the, the benefits we get from it are so big. I think there's a real like strong reason to make sure that we don't lose them. And I think yeah. that keeping your play groups healthy and happy is really important. Because they're the people that you love to play with. Yeah. So, I mean, look, everyone's playgroups might be different and there could be some different things. But just as some like regular advice to try and keep your playgroups healthy and happy, I think there's a couple of things that you can do to make sure that you're playing with the people that you love to play with as often as you can. Mm -hmm. I think the first one, encourage and support your opponents. Yeah. Because they're your friends, firstly. Um, But it's very likely someone's going to get on a losing streak at some point mm. and then they might fall out of it. I think generally just being very, you know, give a round of applause to someone that did a really cool thing in a game, even yeah. though it didn't work. I think that really builds up the hype of people mm. and that doesn't come from untrusted pods. I think that mm, it doesn't come as, it doesn't come as often. Yeah, and yeah. I think if you are in an untrusted pod, you should do it to maybe build a play group. Yeah. If you're trying to build a play group, do that. Yeah. Um, I also think... Keep an eye out for the opposite. Keep an eye out for the arch enemy. Mm. I think the arch enemy is often someone in a play group or even in untrusted pods that can build up a reputation 
uh, for being a really great commander player. And then just can winning often- a lot. Like even if you win 50% of the games that you're in, that still means you're, you know, like we've talked before about this in a perfect yeah. world, win 25% of the time. So if you're winning 50% of the time, you are just warping the games around you slightly. Yeah. And I think that sometimes building that reputation can get you unfairly targeted. Yeah. And I think that if there is someone in your play group that, it has built a reputation of being arch enemy. They might be feeling a bit unfairly targeted, mm. but also on the other hand, if they don't feel anything like that, if they're just completely, you know, unremorseful, yeah. maybe talk to them about downpowering their decks oh, or, yeah. or getting their decks to play in a full powerful pod. Maybe, yeah. you know, or swap decks. That's often yeah. a really good way for everyone to understand what is happening with each other's decks is if, and it's just like a fun way to experience yeah. someone else's deck. But yeah, if you play the arch enemy's deck and you just absolutely obliterate, then you can probably get to the end of that game and be like, okay, I think probably this deck may just be more powerful than the ones that we're bringing. Yep. Do you want to take some cards out? Or do you have some suggestions for our decks to make them stronger, maybe? Or just try playing one of my decks for, you know... Yeah, what if what if you play yeah. my deck for the next four games yeah. that we play? Yeah, just for uh, something different. I think that's big. And also, last but definitely not least, if you want to keep your playgroup healthy, do not run Silver Bullets. I think we've talked about this before. Mm. But if someone's playing a life gain deck and you're like, wow, they always gain so much life, I'm, I'm going to run Stranglehold or Stigma Lasher, where yeah. if you hit them with it, they can't gain life for the rest of the game. Yeah. Don't do it. it yeah. It becomes what's known as an arms race mm. and you end up in this unwinnable race to who can beat it. And then the yeah. decks actually lose what they're about. The decks become yeah. more about being a counter to your opponent than being its own special thing. Which actually then, when you move from a trusted playgroup to an untrusted playgroup with a deck like that, you find that you just can't keep up. Because yeah. while everyone else is just deploying threats and advancing their game plan, you're playing these cards that are supposed to answer things and they don't answer things in this game. So you're just like, um, this is not good. Why am I running this one card that only affects this style of deck yeah. and no one's playing it and very few people i will say enjoy that kind of a deck like when they're piloting yeah. it, as opposed to a deck that synergizes and works well most of us are chasing a, a there are exceptions control players love a deck that always has the answers i totally respect that for most of us we're not that kind of a player and you will have more fun with a deck that just is synergy yep still like by all means play removal play board wipes like have ways of stopping your opponents just don't make them silver bullets that only work on the Meron deck, you know, yes, don't yeah. play Night Soil. Like, <laughs> what's Night Soil? Oh, I remember being recommended this when we first started playing at our game store, and it was very Silver Bullets ish at the time. Um, it's a an enchantment, really old enchantment. You pay like one generic mana, and as an additional cost to activate this ability, you exile two creature cards from a graveyard. From a graveyard, a graveyard, and you make a Sapraling. So, because oh. you exile as a cost, it there is no to opportunity it. to respond. So, Yuck. if someone's like, I cast reanimate targeting Spore Frog, and you're like, cool, I night soil it away. It's like, I there's a, even if I had a counter spell, it's gone. Yeah. The card is gone. I Holy can't do heck. anything about it. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. So, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> that can get present in uh, Silver Bullets. I realize I probably shouldn't have endorsed that card yeah. and how well it works. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you don't need saying. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, the amount of time that the token deck that's maybe playing that card is actually getting the value of getting a Sapperling is so low yeah. versus how well it hoses the deck. There's like, it's much like, better cards to create Sapperlings. You know 100%. that. 100%. Tender Shoot Dryhead exists. Yes, it does. Now, look, I'm going to rewind the clock for us just a little bit okay all the way back to episode 20 when we first uh -huh. talked about playgroups yeah 
if any like OG listeners are out there, they would remember that we did a magic husband versus magic husband <laughs> quiz yes. of how well we knew each other in our playgroups. Uh-huh. We tied. So instead of settling the score okay i like the idea that we're a team and we just know each other so well and <laughs> we I don't... are we are magic married after yes, all yes in in front of almighty richard garfield in sickness and in <laughs> yeah. health yeah <laughs> for, for stacks or for land destruction <laughs> anyway what i've what i'm gonna do at the uh-huh. end of this episode for a bit of fun is we're gonna do a magic husband like quiz thing okay. but we're going to work as a team right so i've got eight questions yeah and what we're going to do is we're going to choose who's more likely to. So okay. like, but we do it at the same time. Now, if we pick the same person. So if if the question's like, who's more likely to wear a purple hoodie? For reference, Walt's wearing a purple hoodie. <laughs> and we go one, two, three, Purp- Walt. Walt. Purple. <laughs> wow. Off to a crack, cracking start. It's going to go really well. It's going to go great. <laughs> um, and we both choose you. Yeah. We get a point. Okay, so we're trying to land on the same answer. Yes. So we're trying to be very honest trying with to each other. Trying to mutually know each other really well. Yes. Okay. And be very honest. All right. Because we, I don't think we win this game without being very all honest. All right, all right, all right. Let's all right. do it. So I'll say the question, then okay. we'll go one, two, three. Duh. Say the answer. Yeah. All right. And, and we'll, it's e- always going to be either Walt James or James. Or Walt. Okay, yeah. okay. Can't be in the middle. It can't be purple. Can't, can't be purple. <laughs> can't be both. Can't, can't say sure. neither. Yeah. You have to say one or the other. Okay. All right. Do you want to do the first one? Let's do it. All right, first question. Who is more likely to build with a new commander from the very latest set? Okay. All right. Three, two, one. James. Oh. Really? Yeah, I reckon you're definitely more inclined to look at spoiler season and go, ooh, you could do something really weird with this. That's true. I feel like you, you probably more often pull out a commander from like the like you built Ukuma and Kazor is like one of the more recent decks you built. That's Those true. Are like Commander Twenty Twenty. Yeah, you were like, old. Oh, I I found these and they're weird. I'm gonna build them. Whereas I'm probably okay. I think you spend more time on Scryfall's uh, spoiler seasons than yeah. I do. Personally, I, I think it's I think it's tough for me because I haven't built a commander that's new in a while. Like the last that's commander true. I built was Babala Saga, and that was Baldur's, that's Baldur's uh, guess, Gate. Yeah, but that was a few sets ago. But yeah. then Katilda and Leah was new yeah. when I built it. Okay. So in like the no, latest commander I, I built right. was Savine, which was like 2019. Yeah, that's what you mean. So right, I think I think I, you're probably right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. All right. Next question: Who's more likely to hold up mana? Oh, okay. All right. Three, two, one. James. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. We're, we're in agreement <laughs> with that one. That one's easy. We're uh, at one point. One point. All nice. right. I'll keep it on my hand down here. We've All got right. one point. All right. Next question. Oh, I think this will be an easy one as well. Who has the more unique decks? All right. Three, two, one. Walt. Walt. Yes. Yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> the, I have a, a sequence of blog posts <laughs> about weird, cheap cards that I like to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that your deck style is much more like I'm much more EDH rec. You're much more like Brewer's Corner. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I'm like, yeah. this thing's weird. Let's see what happens. And I think that like goes to show like when we're in a play group, it's harder to understand what is happening on your board just because I've not read the card before. But <laughs> you, you'll see a card that's on the front page of EDH rec on my board state and go, yep, yeah. I get that. I think I win so much of the time when people don't understand what I'm doing. Your deck's are the equivalent of throwing a flashbang in a room <laughs> and coming in just confusion. I feel like and- it's also like a Rube Goldberg machine where like if, if, if like Commander was kind of like if we were all at like an inventor's fair, like we we're all like, which is a card, by the way, if we we're all like, like competing, it was like, oh, you 
got an hour to make this cool invention and it's like whoever is the most dangerous wins or something <laughs> there'd be like four people playing there and like one person's like constructing a bazooka out of like a length of copper tubing it's like whoa that's pretty crazy and I've got like like a matchstick and four small marbles and like a, a, a little flame but a very small one and then someone's like well that's not gonna work and it's like well actually the matchstick hits the flame which heats the marbles which fires them into your face like you know that's how the marbles the game. are filled with lithium yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up all right okay that's that's a pretty easy one to answer yeah. so we're on two points out uh-huh. of three questions going pretty well yeah um all right oh this is a good one who keeps their board state the cleanest Alright. Mm. Three, two, one, James. James. Yeah. Yes. This this I'm is closer than it used to be. You have I will say you have gotten a lot better since I told, told you. <laughs> Get your act together. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also like I think I'm more likely to just like like gung up the board. Mm. And so I think in my defense, I think it's harder. Like, when you run out of space, you yes. run out of space. Usually you know my mean? board has, like, mana rocks and one creature that's putting in a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, you know, you have, a, like, an infinite token and a bunch of dice on it. Whereas so many of my decks are, like, I have to have all the separate tokens because they're all different. Because you're making a soldier, like got and then a you're making a human a soldier, with lifelink. And, and a, I've got a clue a down this. here. This one's yep. a treasure. This one's a food. Yep. Like, this one's a copy of this. Yeah, like, yeah no. it becomes my own fault for building decks like that, but it's hard to keep track of. Stupid token decks is the answer to <laughs> that. That's the problem. All right. So we're on three out of four. Doing right. well, doing well. Okay. Well, this is a, this is a hot one. Okay. Who gets more tilted? Mm. All right. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. James. James. Yeah. I think I do. It's I'm glad close, that I was though. honest on that. Uh, it's interesting. I think lately I've been having a bit of a bad time in some of the games that I've I played. I will note, by the way, you self-admitted, I am your good luck charm. I went away for a month, over a month. Yeah, I, I won one game while you were gone of 15. I'm just that- And like, then you came back and I won twice last week. Do you want like a played. lock of my hair just to keep on you when you play games? <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in a little locket. By my heart. With a photo. And, that would be magic husbands, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> that really would. But I do, I do think I get tilted more. I think I handle it okay. You do. But out of the two of us. I, I think- like relatively speaking and just like as magic players we're not people who no one's gonna be like oh walton james i definitely remember them as being people who get really tilted <laughs> neither of us are that person never had that feedback yeah. ever in our lives but i reckon yeah i think it's close but i think you get yeah. slightly more tilted yeah all right next one uh-huh yeah this might be another brutally honest one okay. who loses focus in game more okay all right three two one james, james. yeah I don't. I've, it's just where you. It's just the way your brain is. I think, and I that's th- not a. That's not an indictment. Like you have yeah. a very active and very like engaged brain in that you're engaged in all of the things. And when you're at a, a game store, like you know, you want to talk to everybody and like sort that trade and like it's, you know, it's in the game store I lose focus. Mm. When I'm at the kitchen table and when you're we're great. playing play yeah, groups, yeah, yeah. I'm like so. And if anything, I'm reminding everyone else of their triggers. But yeah. I think. I think I'm just too nice of a bloke in a game store. <laughs> like, I feel like everyone comes up to me and says hi, and I'm like obliged to say hello and tell them about my week and yeah. ask them about their week. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I'll I take also that. will say I reckon I am too focused. I think I get too, I get like, I get blinkers on in a game. I've said this before, but I I should be better at doing what you do, which is like going and grabbing a drink or like going and wandering and having a chat with someone just yeah. to reset myself. Because I get like, I must focus. I must think about what my next play is going to be like. Yeah. What, what's being resolved? Do I have to cast my removal spell? Actually, like I'm too in it. You know? I, I agree. And I'm actually shocked that you don't flick cards because people that are like that often develop like nervous tics. Yeah. And card flicking is 
just an obvious one mm. in a game of commander. I flick them a little bit. You do a little bit, but no, it's more like shuffling and rearranging. Yeah, that's true. You're not doing it for the satisfying. No, I'm not doing it. All right. We're doing pretty well. Five of six. Five of six is pretty good. We've got two more to go. This is another brutally honest one. Who is the better deck builder? All right. All right, we're just going to do this. We're all, not, right. No, all, all right, all right, all right. Three, two, one, Walt. Yes, okay. Uh, I'm glad we agree. Yeah. I'm glad we agree. It feels it feels rough to say. I Look, I think you build decks that win more. <laughs> but you've... I just think you build so many more decks than me. You can build a bigger variety of decks. Yeah. You can... You're much better at making sure the deck is balanced in all aspects of the template. Mm. I do find that sometimes I'll be you know, too heavy on card draw. That's yeah. like something my Savine deck is like too heavy on. I'm drawing mm. way too many cards. And there's points where I'm like, I might deck myself out. Yeah. Here. I've said this before and I still think it's true. I I think if I'm the better deck builder, I think you're the better pilot. Oh, okay. I think you, like, when, once you're in the game, like regardless of the decks that you have, you will find your way to the win more frequently. And that was true in the stats, by the way. You won slightly more frequently than I did. Yeah, very um, much. games that I was in. But, like, even in CDH, you win a good chunk of the time. You know, you almost won that CDH tournament a few months back now. But, yeah, I think you're the better, the stronger deck pilot. You've won Pauper, like, a bunch of times. I've won Pauper one time. <laughs> you only won once. Oh, twice. No, because I won with elves surely, while you were gone. Yeah, yeah surely. Yeah. I think I've won twice ever. Yeah. But I've been there a lot more times than you have. So. Anyway. Interesting. Well, maybe if you build me a deck and I play it, maybe I'm just unstoppable. <laughs> I'll take page. over all tournaments. <laughs> if we, what's the the Dragon Ball Z fusion? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> if we become Jolt, <laughs> Jolter. I like Jolt. That's Jolt great. is good. Yeah. All right, we're seven for um, six, six, six seven. for seven. All right, here. all right. So one can more. we go seven for eight? Let's see it. Another brutally honest one. All right. Who goes in the tank for longer? All right. Three, two, one. Walt. Walt. Yeah. I only know this because we've started playing over Spell Spell Table. table. I was thinking the exact same thing. There is a clock (laughs) in the corner of Spell Table. And sometimes I'm like, I'm just like looking at my turn. I'm like, oh, maybe I can do that. Looking at the board and I'm like, oh, what what have you got over there? Can you just remind me what that does? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like resolve my spells. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't too long. And I look at the timer and it's like six minutes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just had to think. It's See, hard. I am the type of person that plans every turn in advance. I do as I, well, I, but I, I, I overplan. You overthink it when it gets to your turn. You're yeah. like, oh, has anything changed? Yeah. Whereas I kind of just execute the plan. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, okay, I've thought enough. Let's let's go for it. Yeah. And I think the only time I go into the tank is when I'm trying to get the W. If I'm trying, if I'm mm. going for the win, then you'll see me like put my hands on my temples and like yeah. <laughs> properly think it through. Seven for eight though. Seven for eight. That's All right. really good. Pretty We're good. a good team. We only got the ro- the first one wrong. And I think on reflection. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's I, a tough one. I, it's probably the closest one, I think, between the two of us. Yeah. I, I just think just recently you're probably more likely to build a new Yeah. New I think, set I think you are right on that. But yeah. it was a tough one for sure. Well, there you go. The play group. We know each other yeah. fairly well, don't we? And we're a good team. Yeah. Look, our game is a social game that has a social contract, but that's complicated and not actually explicit in what it is. Plus, it changes depending on who you're playing with. So being aware of the subtle differences on how you should treat our opponents in any given game can make sure that the fun is always happening all around the table. The format thrives, and hey, we might even be able to get a little bit of a competitive advantage on the opponents we see most often. So, Space Commanders, Command Command received. received!
All right. Nice. Good. I love the uh, episodes of Get Commanded where we like navigate these murky waters of it being a social game. It feels like a uniquely Get Commanded thing. I it don't think feels, you hear it very well, often out there. I think it feels a very unique Commander thing. Yeah. Like if you know, if you're doing a podcast about limited, you're not talking about how friends interact. Very rarely. Very rarely. Yeah, yeah. You not know. as frequently as we do. Like <laughs> every other episode. When was the last time you heard a modern player say, "I had a fun time"? <laughs> <laughs> that is probably largely due to Modern Horizons Two. Yeah, to be true. Fair. Sorry, Ragavan and all that oh, spoiled. Grief and oh, we, Fury got banned. Fury though. got banned. Fury got banned. There's See a news. scam is still crazy. Yeah, anyway, and beans. You don't come here for still. modern, as we know. That's so, true. To the, <laughs> to the listeners, do you feel commanded, commander? Uh, what do you think <laughs> of your playgroup? Yeah, yeah. And how, what you think of your playgroup. How do you switch up your playstyle when you're playing with your playgroup as opposed to people at the LGS? Which decks do you pull out? Which Ooh. decks do? Which decks are like reserved for your playgroup, and which ones are you most likely to be like, okay, new group of people, don't want to confuse them. Which deck are you reaching for? I yeah. want to know the two different sorts of decks you have. Yeah, I reckon mine would probably be like a Zaxara for an untrusted pod. And you know then what that a deck's doing. Savine Reclamation for a trusted pod. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit more chaotic, a bit more weird. Longer turns. Longer turns. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more controversial. That's fair. But look, you can tell us all of your opinions on our episodes and just talk with us on all of the platform stuff. You can jump on X, Twitter as it used to be known, the slowly dying. Instagram, <laughs> all threads. We're at Get Commanded on all of those. Go follow us on Twitch as well. We're at Get Commanded there too. Um, and definitely join the Greensboro Commander community Discord server because that's where we and our playgroup hang yeah. out. Yeah, you can meet yeah. some of the people who we talk about all the time, Nick yeah. and Stella and all those wonderful people. And of course, the best way to support what we do is on Patreon. It's linked in the show notes, so you can check out some more ways to support the Get Commanded podcast directly. And we'd like to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, and Bottomless Potamus, and an extra special shout out to Fletcher Cutting, who supports us in the Space Commander tier. You're all the best. Yes, and I will just make a quick apology that there are some things that are going out in the post this week for you all. I apologize. Traveling around the world and getting ready for an international trip is challenging. Oh, so to the patrons. There'll be sure. some things coming to our some patrons. Some goodies on the way. And if you want some soon. goodies, you can yeah. join there as well. For sure. And again, thank you, Palms Off Gaming, once again, for sponsoring this podcast. These guys are awesome. Uh, they're the creators of the awesome blackout sleeves that I'm going to replace all of my decks with. They're so, so good. good. Binders, deck boxes, and all that kind of stuff. You can check them out at palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded and receive 10% off your purchase and you get to support us at the same time so go to palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded you gotta do it for sure well i just tradition at the end of the episode mm. to planeswalk out of magic out of commander into somewhere else i think it's my turn it is i talked about england last time what's what's cracking in the world of Walt? well you know because you're sitting next to it mm. i built a computer yes it, it is like gorgeous it's a white case it's got rgb coming out of its butt it's that was beautiful my, the main reason i upgraded it was for the rgb it makes the yeah. computer go faster um <laughs> it's red stripes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no it was really fun picking out all the parts this was like my main task while you were away because i i edited all the episodes i had them all scheduled up like the first week you were gone so i was yeah. like well i've been meaning to do this for a while i built my last computer in 2017 so it'd been about six years so I was, it was time, time for, an, for upgrade, an upgrade and i wanted to give my partner my old pc so she could have one um but yeah i uh for once i'll actually give the list of parts it's a 7800 x3d processor it's specifically for gaming I've got 32 gig of ddr5 6000 megahertz ram there's a h100i water cooler and a 
GRX 60, no, 6950 XT graphics card. I knew some of the letters and numbers <laughs> that you just said. Look, it's like, I, I <laughs> It wanted, sounds really impressive. It, it's sort of like, so it's not like a, th- there are definitely more expensive uh, processors and definitely much more expensive But gra- I saw the amount cards. that you spent on it. You shared it how was, much you spent on this. It was significant. I don't want to lie and say I've got like the best that money can buy yeah. because unfortunately computer parts are insane right now and I have to spend another couple of thousand dollars to yeah. get the best thing money can buy. But it's pretty good and it's been, it's been super fun. Yeah. It's and super fun to build it and it's been like it's I've been playing like admittedly pretty low end games like Hades and I played Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, which is about nine years old now. Yep. And for reference, when you're looking at your temperatures for your components, um, most components start to not perform so well once they hit about 85 degrees Celsius and definitely around 90. That's the absolute maximum. You don't want to go higher than that. And at idle, most components are sort of sitting at 40 to 50 degrees. That just means they're just chilling out. Just above room temperature. Yeah. yeah. Um, for reference, for most of the games I've been playing, I think I'm yet to get my graphics card higher than about 55 degrees. Whoa. So it is miles away. Is that because this water cooling system? No, the water cooling's for the CPU. Right. It's just the graphics card itself is so beefy and has so much VRAM, which is like, the, the it's not even to, breaking a sweat. It's not breaking a sweat. Yeah. It's like, no, you, you could do so much more. And the next task for me is I'm going to mod the crap out of Skyrim. Because <laughs> last time the limiting factor was that my graphics card was only so good, but my graphics card's a lot better now. So I am excited to see some potential streams. Yeah, so look, I, I won't, I'm not going to stream on the Get Commander channel, but if I do decide to stream, me and my partner are thinking of streaming some Skyrim play, gameplay, just the two of us hanging out in our room and, and playing Skyrim. I build the modded playlist and then she just comes in and plays and it's very fun. That sounds fun. like a great... I, I was lucky enough to just witness little bits of this. Yeah. Not streaming, just standing in the doorway yeah. and watching and it's it's very entertaining. I'll, I'll put out a call just in case any of you yeah. are curious when I do, if I do decide to do that. But it'll be a while off because I've still got to build the whole bloody modded playlist first. So there. Yeah, well... It looks amazing. I mean, I love the white theme that you've got going on. Yeah. I think the white com- keyboard, mouse, and the case looks sick. Yeah. I'm keen. I want. Are you going to get like a white mouse pad? I think that would look really clean. I'm thinking about yeah. it. I'm thinking that's the one thing I might be missing. Yeah. Because yeah. right now it's a it's a typical Magic players mouse pad. It's a playmat. It's a playmat. <laughs> it's a playmat. <laughs> I actually gave my partner the um yeah my actual the, uh, mouse pad that I had because <laughs> but I was going to keep it because then I realized that the mouse that she has now doesn't work without one. So yeah. anyway, have to get a new one. Anyway, well, look, that's uh, that's all we have time for. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players. Bye.